Dueling Genre presents Immunities, Season 2. When my eyes look up at the sky, it's full of reflections of all the other eyes looking up there. Being a looker is about never being alone. The me that controls my eyes looks up there a lot. She loves the feeling of all those other eyes looking at her, loving her, but I can't share in it because I know they don't love me. They're guarding against me because when I see the unity, instead of joining it, I can rip it apart. There is a crisis, or perhaps I should say a praxis. It is both a threat and an opportunity. We have been contacted by an individual who claims to be an alpha immune, highly placed in the scientific intelligence network of the unaltered community. That is the opportunity. And the threat? This individual says that the Resistance has an agent operating in our territory, one who can pull our thoughts directly out of the sky without our knowledge, and perhaps put other thoughts in. The information we have decoded has been borne out in reality, allowing us to monitor Resistance activities much more closely than before. We've had three couriers nabbed. They'll be inside jail cells for 30 days to a year for improper travel. And what about you? Have you considered retiring? Excuse me, have we met? I'm your cousin, Nicole. I guess not, because if we had, you'd know I'm not going to hide while someone else takes the risks. They've got Dominic locked up who knows where, for who knows how long, and there's nothing we can do about it. And you talked like I'd be saving the world. You are saving it, a little at a time. Immunities, available free at DuelingGenre.com and ImmuniediesDrama.com. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we've found something as we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man <laughs> 2, 1. It's good to have you back, Spider-Man, minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Mark Giannacchio, uh co-host of Amazing Spider Talk and author of 100 Things Spider-Man Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Welcome back, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it's been a while. It's been yeah. a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute since yesterday? Yeah. Uh, we, we have you back today for minute 102, which is the one that begins with Peter realizing his mask is still missing and ends with Doc Ock ripping open the back end of the train car. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, contrast. For <laughs> I, love a, I love a good uh, uh, contrasting opening and closing moments. Um, <laughs> it's, that's, uh, that's my favorite thing about doing the show, I think. Um, it's, it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's just the best. Um, so, okay. 
uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of questions here. Um, All right, yeah. But so Peter sits up. <laughs> let's yeah. So so I mean, okay. So he sits up. All right, great. Um, okay. So he's sitting up now. Uh, these, these kids, first of all, these kids, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like these kids are definitely bullies at their school, right? (laughs) I mean, these are, these are some pretty intimidating looking kids. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowling shirt does it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The bowling shirt. The the Guy Fieri bowling shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this Guy Fieri's kids? Is that, what oh, that makes sense oh, now. Yeah. I do know who they are, but I'm going to wait till the bit's over to tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, these kids, um, so they, they, they show up and they're like, we found something and it's his mask. I... I, I know we talked about this when he took the mask off, but it really, we really need to hammer this home. He took yeah. that mask off while he was on the roof of a speeding train. <laughs> How did these kids find this mask? Where did it come from? That's just were, physics. Yeah, yeah. they're going like 80 miles an hour and he just literally just threw it off. I, the only thing I can think of is I did not ride the bus like to school and back when I was younger, but I did ride the buses when we were going to like tennis tournaments and people Mm. just like, uh, you know, pull a bunch of weird stunts when you're driving to a, uh, a sporting event of some kind. I don't know. Little kids are butts. So I I remember (laughs) pretty, pretty spectacularly doing a long bus ride where this kid, David at the front of the bus was like, Hey, open that window at the back, back, back. And he would throw things out of his window at the front of the bus and if you had timed it just right, if you were at the rear of the bus and you had a window open, the low pressure zone would like suck it back in. So it would go out and then back in and hopefully whatever it was, a spit water or something wouldn't hit you in the face. So whereas it's, I mean, maybe not in the first train car, but it is possible that somebody had a window open and that like low pressure zone allowed the mask to get caught and then brought back inside. Mm. That's the, as close as I can get to an explanation here, because otherwise, it's, did they it's leave the train. Than nothing. That's I mean, for sure. like what? <laughs> it's not only how did they find it, but also if he did throw it off, you know, five minutes ago in the in the time frame, they've been going eighty miles an hour. It's blocks and blocks away by now. It's not like right. oh, I just took a step out of the train and we found it. Like, what? No. Mm. So it had to through some combination of magic and or movie physics. Had to come back through a window somewhere. That's what I think. Yeah, we we were riding between train cars, giving <laughs> some kid a giving some kid a wedgie, and we found your mask. <laughs> it was crazy, you know. We were like we we put this kid's head out the window, you know, and as when as he was out there, something smacked in his face, and so we brought it back in, and we found it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these kids are definitely bullies. But yeah, no, I just I, I love. Don't worry. Then then the other bit. Don't worry. We won't tell nobody. Tell tell anybody what 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 that Spider Man's a guy a stranger I don't know <laughs> it's not like it, it's not like the Clark Kent situation where like Clark Kent is a a moderately famous reporter in Metropolis right sure. and so if you put together that Superman and Clark Kent were the same person that would be kind of a big deal. Peter Parker's a nobody he's just some random Joe Schmo nobody in New York. Yeah. Like, 
tell just a kid. Yeah. yeah, we won't tell nobody. Tell them what? That you met a stranger wearing a Spider-Man costume. For all you know, <laughs> this guy is another guy with spider powers. Like, I mean, there's no way of knowing. Um, it's just so silly. I just... <laughs> We won't describe you to a police sketch artist and then distribute wanted posters around town. We won't do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, how would that description go? It's like, well, he's just a kid and he looks thirty. Yeah. <laughs> he's got brown hair. He's kind of average looking. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you? How do like you it, even describe him? The moment is like is powerful. This idea of people like keeping his like. Uh, you know, secret identity, but it doesn't mean much in the world of the film because they can't expose it really. You know, right. it's not, th- I could, I could understand this being bigger. Like, uh, like nowadays when everybody has like a camera in their pocket and they all agreed, like everybody deletes the footage or something or right. I, you know, it's just like, he's not at risk in the way that this, the scene seems to think he's at risk here. Nobody knows Spider-Man. Nobody knows yeah. Peter. So what? What do you, we won't tell nobody. Right. We won't tell nobody. We won't, we won't tell them that you have a mask, that you don't. your face doesn't just look like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, yeah, so who are these kids, Zach? Uh, so these kids are uh, Joe Paul Van Epp and Weston Epp. Uh, they're real brothers. Uh, both of their, their, they are each other's brother. Uh, but what's more, <laughs> they're each other's brothers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, like they're full-blooded, you know, brothers here. What's more, though, beyond them just being like, you know, cute kids or whatever, and they're real brothers, is that... Wait, so are you suggesting they're related? I don't understand, Zach. Yeah, uh, Ben is glory. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to to, to ramp up to the second part of information, which is that not only are they real brothers, these two young men are Tobey Maguire's half-brothers. Aww. Oh. so they got a little bit part in the movie where they get to be fans of Spider-Man. Yeah, where they, where they get to give poor line readings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Toby, Toby's parents got divorced when he was pretty young, so I'm not sure which side of the family these kids are from, but they're his half brothers. And um, yeah, they they didn't. It's not like they're actors, you know. They they neither of them did much else of note. Uh, the Joe Paul, the older one, has recently done a bit of work as a as a gaffer, and he's in some upcoming paranormal series called Paradise Lake. But yeah, for the most part, it's just, hey, these are my brothers. We should let them be in the movie. So they'll do the mask thing. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> they yeah. do seem to, I mean, the first couple lines, not so much, but the, with the, it's good to have you back, Spider-Man. Um, it really does feel like a brother just being proud that his brother is a, a big superhero. And I, yeah, I, I get a kick true. out of that. That yeah. is true. Uh, so I'm going to bring back something that we talked about um I don't know, probably almost an hour ago in the movie at this point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, when, when, when Peter first rises up, he uh, is face to face with this um, man here who's like, it's okay. You know, like he's like mm. soothing him basically. Like he's afraid that <laughs> like he, he talks to him as if he's afraid, like he's going to freak out and just start punching everybody or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, like he's talking down like a horse that escaped. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, whoa, buddy, whoa. Hey, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, truly believe that the person that is there when he rises up should have been Robbie Robertson. Um, oh, I, I, You know, we have that moment early on where it seems that Robbie Robertson knows 
that mm-hmm. that that he that he is that Peter is Spider Man, but he's like kind of keeping it to himself. But <sighs> he kind of suggests like it seems like he maybe knows, and he's really heartbroken when mm-hmm. the guy brings in the 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 costume. Uh, because you know, he, he's like cradling the mask and is like really up, seems really upset. Uh, I really think this, this scene, which is already a great scene could have been elevated that much more if that was Robbie. Right. Um, Because if there is a one person in there who does know who Peter is and they still, yeah. And he's still like, we're not going to tell anybody, you know, (sighs) and he's a reporter, like he's an editor, you know, and he's like, I'm going to do the right thing here. (laughs) I would love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and no um, disrespect to uh, Ricky G. Williams, who is the, the man there. He does have like a nice sort of avuncular warm disposition. Uh, but it would have been cool to have Bill Nunn have like a, a, a big moment in this movie in some yeah, way, shape or form. For sure. Uh, but, I w- but I wonder if that ends up with that like negate the impact of like some of the later reveals in this movie. You know, if, well, if, if Robbie is the first to kind of physically see him i mean i get what you're saying yeah but I, mean, I also like it, it's the same in the comics i always like that robbie you kind of robbie knows but never really says anything and <laughs> right and like robbie has never seen him unmasked in the comics but again he acts like he knows that he, he, he's got one on peter kind of right 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 yeah yeah he's sort true. of he's sort <laughs> of peter's ben urich in that way you know uh, for a long time we're like ben urich you know, he basically knows that Matt Murdock is Daredevil, but he won't so much come out and say that he knows, you know, until like mm-hmm. later in the in the run. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely see that perspective. There's just something about <clears throat> that. It's it's the fact that they're all agreeing to hide his identity when no none of them know what his identity is. It's not like he he like woke up screaming my name is peter parker like it's <laughs> <laughs> you know no one knows who this guy is um but we but found if Robbie something was it's there, your driver's license in this uh mask are you peter right. parker right yeah now? yeah if but if robbie was there it would just raise the stakes but but you know it could also be just as easily it could have been uh you know ursula who was there uh, sure. Yeah. Or or yeah. or you know <laughs> Ursula and her or father. Um, yeah. her, her father never would have kept that secret. No, um, God, no. But <laughs> but you know Ursula might have. Um, I don't know. It just it's it feels crazy. like it is missing. Uh, I I feel like the scene is missing a component of someone knowing who Peter is mm-hmm. to make this. We're gonna hide your identity collectively. Uh, yeah. Being a a more powerful moment because it it's a great moment when you're just watching the movie. Yeah. But if you give it any thought at all, you're just like, well, they don't have to do anything. They don't know who he yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> it the mo- this moment in the movie kind of relies on us knowing that Peter's identity is a big deal and we know his secret identity and then them keeping it a secret. Oh, that's big. But since they don't have the other piece of information, it's not actually big. Um, it's kind of like trading on our knowledge more so than living in the reality of the film right there. which this movie yeah. does more often than i'd like to admit um, sure sure yeah. yeah which is fair but, <laughs> with the character you know. as big as spider-man sometimes you can do that but right. it is one of those things where it would just make it a little more airtight if there was whether it's somebody who knows him or whether it's a more concrete example of them having his identity like a picture being taken or something and them getting rid of it um, right something that makes it firm in the in the universe of the film that they have an identity that they're not giving away but oh, right. i mean it's a great moment on the whole we're just nitpicking because that's what we do yeah 
Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the name of the game. The movies by minute game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I do like this, uh, this kind of two face quality that his mask has because of the, the burn marks. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's kind of fun. I don't it know. almost looks like promo art for Spider-Man three at this point. Oh yeah. It does a little bit. Wow. Yeah. 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 It absolutely yeah. does. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, Toby, as he does, uh, gets, gets a little glassy eyed. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of his many superpowers. Uh, and, uh, and then he, he puts his glass eyes away in the mask. Um, yeah. And to have plexiglass eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love the cutaway to the to the to the group like watching him put his mask on. It's the most TV editing I think they ever do in these. <laughs> yeah. It's the cheapest uh sort of way to hide the trick of the mask, but I kind of love it. Like yeah. it's just Yeah. I'll put the mask on here and we'll cut away and then when I cut back, ah, oh, the mask is on my face. There we <laughs> when, are. It's... When we come back, I have a hell of a jawline. Um <laughs> It's amazing. Although again, they're very, they're staring at him very like starry eyed, which is I mean kind of consistent. With, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know when we were talking in the last episode, you know I think the the analogy was what the hearts in the eyes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm right, like right. I'm like looking at the still here, and I'm like, wow, that's that's they're, they're looking quite lovingly at this man, this stranger putting a mask on. <laughs> I yeah, that. I love that Bill Calvert gives him kind of like a like a yeah bro head nod as he's yeah. doing it, just in the background, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got this. <laughs> you are Spider-Man. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's oh, really goodness. good. Um, and then he rises to his feet. And I love how Raimi plays with our expectations here because this is such a a slow m- moment. Like we, we are now, you know, we're reaching the two minute mark of just like a really quiet moment in this movie. Um, and, and he's just like, he's really playing with your expectations. We're like, now we're going to watch him slowly get up and bam, Doc Ock's here. Like it's, it's so good. Uh, I, I really, I really like that. Um, I remember that getting a a little bit of a jump scare in the theater. Yeah. I, I get a little bit of a jump scare watching the minutes. I'll be honest. Cause the timing of it is so unexpected. Right. It just comes crashing through. Yeah, it works. Um, also, an immediate reminder that this isn't the only train on this train, like the only train car on this train. <laughs> like, there's a whole train car full of people behind Tuck Hawk. It's like, oh, yeah, there's like a bunch of other people that he saved, not just these ones. Yeah. And they're all thinking right now, which idiot pulled the emergency brake and why am I not getting home right now? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> They have no idea what he went through at the front of the train. They're just like, oh, we stopped eventually. Like, I saw yeah. some webs, but. Uh. God, he couldn't do that like, you know, five miles ago. Um, Jeez, guy. Get it together. But, yeah. but I, I, I do love this like sudden appearance from Doc Hawk here. I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this a lot as you've mm-hmm. progressed through this movie. But just just the way Raimi kind of goes back to his horror movie roots. I th- I feel like he does it much better with Doc Ock in this movie than he even did with the, the Goblin in the first movie. I mean, oh, like totally. he just yeah. gets so many kind of goofy scares out of this character and you know i guess i guess he is more monstrous even you know 
in terms of special effects than the Green Goblin was. I mean, Green Goblin looks like the Power Ranger. Sure. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's just like like you said, I, I definitely jumped when I saw this in the theater. I still kind of jump when I see this, even if it's like just on in the TV in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great villain entrance. Yeah, for sure. Ah. And I mean, as, as far as the... Um, I mean, you know, the thing with, with Doc Ock, I mean, the reason that I think it works so much better on a, uh, at, at the very least, on a on a sort of physical level, on a, on a surface level, the reason that Doc Ock works so much better than the Green Goblin in these movies, I think, is just because, like, you know, Doc Ock. Well, who's Doc Ock? Well, he's a guy with four metal arms. Uh, everything else about the character is completely malleable. As long as you have those four metal arms you can change a lot about this character and it's still recognizably Doc Ock. Whereas yeah. Green Goblin, well, who's Green Goblin? I, he's like a, he's kind of a, he's like a crazy guy that rides a flying thing. And then he's Halloween themed sort of, yeah. um, but like you know, like, medieval, but like, I, like I, I love the Green Goblin, but he doesn't have like that one defining characteristic. He's a bunch of little things. Mm -hmm. Um, and -hmm. I think that that makes it difficult to translate. Whereas Doc Ock is just, he's a very simple character to translate to screen because you just have to get one aspect of him, right. And then everything else can fall in line, however you want it to, uh, you know, as far as how you want to fit it into the movie. Yeah. And you don't have the challenge of the, um, the classic impossible mask from comics, which is right. Whenever somebody wears a rubber mask in comics, that it moves and articulates and emotes just like a human face, and then they can just whip it off. And it's you know it's an easy right. thing to draw, but it's a hard thing to make. Right. Um, Cur- yeah, currently, you. but soon. Not soon, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I I am very excited for them to come back around to the Green Goblin in like three or four movies. Like, to, let's yeah. take a break. Let's take a yes. break. But I am excited for them to get back to it and do it right. I am very totally. excited for that moment because um, totally. it's man. I love that character and uh, I would love to see it in live action. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is uh, this is a great moment. And, and, you know, I don't know that I've really ever um, thought about what you said, Mark, about, about Raimi sort of bringing Doc Ock back to his, his horror roots. Uh, cause I, I guess I never really thought about him being this sort of horrific character, but I guess he really is, isn't he? Uh, and this, this really does bring it back to that. And that's, that is kind of cool. Like the, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the idea of the, the arms being, you know, welded to his body, uh, is newish. Uh, someone yeah. in our Facebook group pointed out that the, the actual first time that that happened may have been the, uh, Fox animated 90s show um, mm-hmm. and and not the uh, ultimate Spider-Man comics like we had we had uh, guessed assumed. Yeah. Um, and assumed. Yeah. Uh, but it, so it might have been actually the Fox 90s cartoon. Um, I don't know. Mark, do you remember a time before that the Fox 90s cartoon where they actually like had a Doc Ock where the arms were welded to his body? Like no, stuck to him? I mean, it had always been kind of like a harness or whatever you want to call it, like a little mm-hmm. or his 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 girdle or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I, I, I think that timeline sounds about right. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, there might be someone who's got more obscure knowledge than I do. Yeah. <laughs> the image I, I think of from the comics a lot is of uh, Doc Ock being in one place and like, 
the girdle itself running around with the arms like somewhere else crashing oh, yeah. through things. Like, yeah, no, a, I mean, that staple. that girdle broke him out of prison like nine out of ten times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. To me, my arms. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, um, but, uh, I, man, <laughs> I, I love that that extra beat of like he he rips the door open and then also is like i need more space so he just yes crushes the the opening like farther uh it is that's oh, good it is the pinnacle of man spreading which you guys know that the <laughs> term for that like if you're on public transportation you can watch like how a lot of people like polite people in society are conditioned to not take up too much space because we're all on public transport together and uh there's a thing that a lot of dudes do where they don't think of that. And they just like, when there's no reason for it, like spread all their stuff out really wide and take up like two seats on the train. And it's just one of those like visible things of people not being cognizant of other people's space. Right. And so this inconsiderate. Like, inconsiderate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very inconsiderate. And this is just like the pinnacle of it because yeah, I just need my space. You know what? I need even more space than this, uh, train car can provide <laughs> yeah like splits it open i love oh, it like he's a can a, of sardines he's such a jerk <laughs> but, he really but where is he technically he oh like oh so he's coming in through the outside of the car right yeah that, like on the linkage because i'm two. like is he coming through the car because if not like those people behind him look pretty neatly arranged like it's not <laughs> like he he like bowled his way through them to get over here <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or if he just comes up through the floor or something. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I just love the fact that, I mean, Doc Off got off the train a while back. Uh, and I and yeah. I just love the idea of, like, in the distance, he sees the train sh- stop and he's just like, oh, God damn it. And he just <laughs> has to, like, <laughs> crawl across the city to get back over to the train. He's <laughs> like, I hope that spider hasn't gotten away by the time I reach the end of the line here. I thought he'd come be dead. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Uh, it's very I'm, scary. I'm a. As, as listeners will know, I'm a big fan of of uh, putting these uh, characters in uh, mundane situations. Um, yes, I, I just, I think it's the funniest thing. It's why, it's why I love that rooftop scene in the first Spider-Man. I just, yeah, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> This this you know this scene this movie could have used a rooftop scene I think of, heck yeah uh, of, of Doc Ock just doing something silly and his with his arms. Uh, I love the who which guest was it where we had the like grocery store example like him oh, hiding his tentacles under his trench coat but then like stealing little things at the grocery store <laughs> right yeah because <laughs> he's just a bad dude oh, yeah well. uh, um, yeah. Like how old people steal batteries. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I have a list of some more of these train passengers. Um, I, I think some of them I want to save for tomorrow, obviously. But um, there was at least I want to give a shout out, um, uh, like resume wise, to uh, our 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 buddy here from earlier, um, J- uh, Ricky G. Williams, the sort of it's all right guy. Um, I. I think he's got such a cool, like, sort of warm energy, and I was surprised that he didn't have more credits over the years. Like, he had some episodes of General Hospital in Las Vegas and House. Um, His recent credits have been, like, more made-for-TV movies and lower-budget indies, things like Dr. Hopkins on Blood Type Unknown or a film called Jeffy Was Here and whatnot. But um, he is still out there working, so 
I hope I hope to see him in some more big things. And then the other one here, which I think is kind of um, we've we've referenced her a bit, but we haven't actually uh, sort of spelled out what people might know her from is our our blonde woman with the baby, Brianna Brown. She uh, was one of the cheerleaders on Freaks and Geeks on the the pilot, and then oh. a couple a couple later episodes and all that. Yeah, and Judd Apatow seems to like her a lot because he would bring her back for small parts on movies. So she's in the Forty Old Virgin as one of the girls at the bar when they're trying to get Steve Carell to like talk to girls at bars. Mm-hmm. And in Knocked Up, she's Catherine Heigl's uh, friend, I think, at E Entertainment. There. Oh, um, that is definitely where I know her from. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. she's done, you know, procedurals and whatnot, and currently she is on the reboot of Dynasty on the CW as a, a recurring character. It's her first, like, big recurring role. So good on you, Brianna Brown. You make that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so Mark, what is, uh, you know, when these movies were coming out, I mean, you were, you were such a big Spider-Man fan. You know, what were your thoughts? Because I know... I know Dan hated the first Spider-Man movie oh, <laughs> um, and, and talked about that and then, and then talked about this one winning him over. But uh, what, what, were, how, what were your feelings on, on these films as they were coming out and, and you know, wh- yeah, just overall? I, I mean, I think I was certainly – I mean, in retrospect, I, I, know, I recognize the flaws from the first movie. But, I mean, in terms of real time, I mean, like certainly the first movie – I mean, I just remember reading about them trying to make a Spider-Man movie for years and mm-hmm. then it wasn't and, yeah. and, and just hearing over and over again, like this is not going to happen. And then when it finally, you know, I remember sitting there in the theater for the first time. And when they started, like, you know, when the Marvel logo came up and they're starting the theme, I, I literally started to like well up because I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm finally going to see this. And like nothing was going to take that away from me. I mean, like I said, yeah, I can recognize the flaws now. But at the time, the first one, like there was nothing better. Like I find, you know, it was Spider-Man on the big screen. I loved it. And then yeah. this came out and actually had, I feel like more character, more depth to it. It mm-hmm. it riffed on one of my favorite comics, like individual comics of all time, you know, the Spider-Man No More issue, which like I just mm-hmm. like I just love that story. Always have loved it. So like seeing you know, I, I think it's even something like today that a lot of comic book movies don't always do, which disappoints me, which is like actually treat the source material with a little bit of reverence. Like, I, I feel like a lot of comic book movies today are almost embarrassed by the source material. So they got to like, yeah. they're going to do it our way, you know, and here's like Sam Raimi being like, no, no, I I, I, I want to tell a story based around this one comic book I really liked, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. so um, I just really appreciated that. And, um, you know, like. Actually, because I I saw this movie with my wife and she know I, I mean, Spider-Man 2 was my favorite comic book movie still is basically. And um, for our first wedding anniversary, which was the um, the paper anniversary, because she knows how much uh, this uh, story meant to me. She actually got me Amazing Spider-Man number 50, the Spider-Man No More issue. So that was mm. like how I got that issue, which I thought oh was really God, cool. Oh my God, that's amazing. And she's like, hey, isn't this the one that the movie's based on? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Wow. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's a wife who pays attention. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's fantastic. She's so like, yeah, I, I got love you these this. Movies. Can you be done doing this now? <laughs> yeah, right. So, how many more do you need? I'm like, ah, oh, probably another thirty. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
We got there in the end. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's that is uh that that is a hell of a paper anniversary gift. That is great. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think I got her tickets to something and I was like, No, you win this round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it's true. I mean we don't we don't talk about that enough. I mean, you know, the the Marvel movies now specifically the Marvel movies, because you know, the DC movies are doing whatever it is they're doing, but the, the Marvel movies specifically, uh, they'll, they'll take, you know, they're, they're, they'll do things like, you know, Oh, we're going to make a movie based on age of Ultron, that comic series that just came out like five days ago. (laughs) Um, and then, and then you're like, really? Why? And then you watch it and you're like, Oh no, this isn't anything like that comic series. Like, why did you even call it that? And, and you know, in civil war, it's like, Oh, we're, we're, you know, using the comic series as an inspiration for our story, you know? And it's that, that sort of thing. And it's, it is a perfectly fine way of adapting something, but like, you're right. That reverence, for you know Sam Raimi being like no there's one comic book issue that I want this movie based off of and it's the whole reason that this movie even holds together like as we were talking about at the early the the early episodes and throughout this season that's the whole reason this this movie even works at all because as we were talking about this movie went into production without a real script. Uh, it was rolled into production with this sort of Frankenstein draft of all of these drafts that previous writers had worked on. And, and Sam chose bits and pieces that he liked of sequences and things here and there and just sort of Frankenstein it all together and then gave that to Alvin Sargent, who uh, then was like, OK, like on set every day writing what they were going to do that day. So like he was the guy just rewriting everything so that it would make sense as a cohesive film instead of the Frankenstein draft that Sam had that they rolled into production with. And the defining characteristic, like the reason why that works is because they had the theme of one comic, Amazing Spider-Man 50, to basically hang their hat on, you know? Um, and, and that's the whole reason why this, this movie even works at all is because of how strong that single issue, how strong and focused that single issue is. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of reverence is not, is, it's just not something that's done anymore. Uh, it's different. And it's, yeah. that's, that's, uh, you're, you're right. On, you're bang on about that. Mark. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing. I think the closest Marvel has gotten, it, it was it's the most recent was infinity war. Mm-hmm. And and sure. I feel like yeah. that's why Infinity War. Just I, I don't know what your guys' opinion on it, and I don't want to make this an Infinity War co- uh, podcast. But I feel like a that's lot fine. of it worked because they just went with it and trusted the source material to kind of push it along. You know, yeah, so, sure, yeah. and committed to it that they didn't pull the punches or anything. Right. You know, yeah, right. yeah, or the snaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's this minute. We got, we got some, uh, we got some good, uh, we got some good stuff to talk about tomorrow. So I'm excited to get to it. So let's, let's do that. Um, guys, are you on Facebook? Because if you are, have you joined the Spider-Man minute friendly neighborhood listener group on Facebook? If you haven't, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> uh, just join the group and you know, we have a lot of fun over there. And, and there's some, uh, you know, bonus material when we when we have uh, questions like 
is this Maria Bamford in this movie? Uh, we <laughs> post a picture of the of the extra that I I am I am convinced was Maria Bamford um, <laughs> in uh, in the group, and we get a we get a group consensus, uh, and you could be a part of that group consensus. <laughs> we have fun discussions of all sorts of weird you know geek stuff that's going on. It's just a nice little hangout spot. If yeah, you listen to the show. It's your type of people who hang out there. Absolutely. So, so go yeah. go check that out at. Uh, our Facebook group and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more of this and more of Mark Minute 103 bye everybody bye bye